You're listening to Get Fed Today, one podcast designed to provide the Christian a hearty Bible study five days a week. While our mission is to showcase a variety of different Bible teachers, if you want to access more content from a particular pastor, simply listen to the end of the episode for additional information. On behalf of the entire team at Get Fed Today, it is our prayer that today's episode encourages your growth in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 6, let's read verse 2 and then we're going to skip down and read verse 5. Verse 2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. But then in verse 5, Paul says, for each one shall bear his own load. Did Did you know that today the average child does not leave home until they're 27 years old? In 1970, the age was 22. I graduated from high school in 77, and I left home at 22, got married. My parents kicked me out. But did you know that in the 1500s, the average age when a child left home was 16? I want to read a brief article with you to you tonight to set the stage for our evening study. This article is from a psychologist who writes for Amazon Answers. And this is a little lengthy. I'm going to put it up on the screen, but follow me and listen to what he says. He says, most middle-class baby boomers left home about 17 or 18. Unless you were staying to take over the farm, you got out. Not because you had to, but because you just knew it was time to start taking care of yourself. Mom and dad were no longer required or expected to put up with you. They put in their time. You were out. No excuses. Parents today are putting up with kids way past what is traditionally expected or what can be normally tolerated. Today's reluctant high school graduate is not out. They stay and stay And we parents are getting older and crankier. What is the difference now? The average age when a child leaves home is 27 years old. It is slowly driving parents mad. Maybe the next generation will be handling it better. But those of us stuck in this one are seriously annoyed about the situation. In this culture, my culture, we simply do not have clear rules about what to do with these kids. Who pays for what? Who decides what? How do you parent a fully grown adult? How are, you supposed to, how are they supposed to treat you? We are given the excuse that times have changed. Have they really? Isn't it just a new set of issues? About this time, the young are supposed to flee the nest and go off into the world to live their lives. Parents are about done doing the 24-hour thing. We are close to completing our mission. We can taste the freedom. We have kept them alive. That's enough, don't you think? I'm tired of it. And like the biological baby clock, the parenting clock tells me it is time they were out. Or as another writer put it, it's almost like 27 is the new 18. Has anyone witnessed this phenomenon maybe in your own life or in the the life of a, a parent around you? And what the dilemma that it creates? But see, the real question for us tonight that I think we're wrestling with is did the parents cause the problem or is it our children? Which one? Well, I think that I have the answer. And it is found in the Bible. And I believe it is this. Over the past 40 or so years, we have lost our way in, quote, how to help our children. Do you know how to really help your children grow up and take responsibility for their lives. It's easy to do things for your children, 
But this approach, is it really helping them? Do you sometimes find it difficult drawing a line between when you're helping them and when you should back off and let them sink or swim on their own? Sometimes there's a really fine line between helping and hurting our children. Now, the motivating factor for many parents is that we just don't want our children to fail anymore. Isn't that what motivates a lot of the decisions we make as parents? We don't want to see our kids fail. We don't want to see them deal with disappointment. We we somehow have become afraid that if they face a little disappointment, a little failure, that it's going to damage their life. Guys, it's not. In reality, just the opposite is true. Failure is where we learn so many lessons, where we learn the connection between work and reward, where we learn the relationship between what we put into something and what we get out of it. If you rescue your child every time they stumble and fall, they are never going to learn this important truth. See, they grow up believing the lie that I can put no effort into something and magically things will get done. And we all know that this just doesn't happen. That's not the way life works. Let's quickly, for just a moment, talk about the real goal of parenting. Because I think part of the problem is, many of us parents, we have the wrong goal in mind. In other words, by the the goal, I mean, what is motivating us in our approach to teaching and helping our children? What is motivating us in how we're handling that? If your goal for, with your child is for them to succeed, that's your goal. Or if your goal for them is you want them to be happy, or maybe your goal is for them to feel good about themselves. Guys, if those are your goals, those are the wrong goals. See, all three of those things are not goals, they're byproducts. How you feel about yourself, whether you succeed or not, whether you're happy or not, all of those are byproducts of something else. See, if if these are what's motivating you in in the interaction you have with your child, you're going to do things like this. You're going to do their homework for them rather than with them. But they wouldn't do it. Well, I did it for them just to make sure they had it done. Or you're going to go online, and you can do this nowadays, and you can get copies of the test. They're all over the place, or at least close to it, and you can give your child that test ahead of time. But are you really helping them? You might even, and I've seen parents do this, Keep their child at home when they don't feel like their child is prepared for that test. And so they just keep them at home. Now see, this might help your child succeed in the short term. Maybe they'll make it through that test okay. Maybe they'll make it through that quarter okay. But have you really helped them succeed? You you might make them happy. I mean, they might be really happy that they get to stay home with you and they don't have to go to school. Oh, my child's happy and we had a wonderful day together. Oh, we had so much fun. Just us and them at home while they were missing school, while they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. See, you can make them happy in that moment. But are you really preparing them for what they need in life? See, our goal as a parent should be something very different. They should be things like teaching our children to become responsible. That's a a big goal for a parent. Or teaching our children to become independent of me. See, some of our our parents, we don't want our kids to be independent of us because we kind of like their dependence on us because it keeps us connected. But guys, that's not good. That's not healthy. We want our kids to become independent of us. Or 
A goal would be that our children are maturing as a person and they're learning what they can do and they're stretching their boundaries. See, these are the traits that lead to happiness and success in life. Isn't that what makes you happy? When you get up and you're independent and you can, you can go to your job and you can succeed in things. You come home at the end of the day and you go, wow, look what I accomplished. And that's when you go, man, I feel good about myself. See, a child will feel good about themselves when they learn they can handle problems. Their self-confidence will grow when they learn and when they begin to feel like I can be responsible for the things that are in front of me and the problems that I face. See, these are the proper goals for a parent to have. Are you doing the tough things that it takes to help your child grow and mature and become responsible? Or are you shielding them from the difficult things that might challenge them and cause them not to grow? Listen, failure, as much as we hate it, is a close friend of the growing, maturing person. Now pause right there for a second. Is it fun watching our kids fail? Absolutely not. If I had a show of hands, I said, who wants to see their kids fail? I promise you, nobody's going to raise their hand. But you know what? That's where they learn when they fail. God has designed certain rules, policies, if you will, to help guide us in helping our children. But when we violate these principles and these policies, we're really not helping them. And tonight we're going to look at two big principles from the Scripture in how to really help our children. The first one is found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. I'll read it again. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Principle number one. You need to help your children carry the heavy loads of life that they can't carry by themselves. See this word burdens in the Greek, and and trust me, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I know how to read people who are. This word burden is the word that meant an extra heavy load. It was an excessive burden, one that, that was too much for any person to carry all alone. When, when you see somebody falling under a burden that is extra heavy load, it's our responsibility, according to Paul here, to come and to help them carry that burden. Now, I'll give you an example. Have any of you ever tried to move a piano by yourself? I've moved a few pianos in my life between here at Calvary Chapel and between my wife having a piano from uh, her first birthday on, I've moved a few pianos. You know what I've learned? Moving a piano is an excessive heavy load you cannot do by yourself. It is a job made for more than one person. Even if you have a dolly, it takes two people. Just like moving heavy furniture, guys, you don't do that every day, do you? You don't move heavy furniture every day unless you're in the moving business. You, move, you, you, you face a heavy burden like that every once in a while. And guys, your children don't face heavy burdens every day. As much as they would like for you to think that homework they have is a heavy burden, it is not. As much as they would like for you to think that reading that whole chapter in history is way beyond they can carry all alone, it's not. These are not heavy burdens. Heavy burdens are things that they face every now and then under certain circumstances. Let me, let me give you a couple of examples of what I think might be a heavy burden for an elementary school or a, even a high school student. Certainly handling things at school when there are certain things going on that, at home could create a heavy burden. 
uh, like a child who has an ex- extended illness at home. They're, they're sick. They're out of school for two or three weeks. That could create a heavy burden trying to catch up. And that's where you might have to step in. And you might have to say, hey, we've got to help our child succeed here. Another thing that might be happening at home is, is things such as a divorce. And unfortunately, that happens. And, and when that's going on at home, or maybe the death of a close family member, or maybe a serious illness by a parent, these are all things that could create an, a, a situation where a child, even keeping up with their schoolwork, might become a heavy burden for them. Where you might really need to step in and make sure that they got it handled in, in ways that you would not normally do. There are a few heavy burdens that our students will face. But guys, heavy burdens are not the norm of life. They happen from time to time. And if you're treating your child every issue in their life like it's a heavy burden, you're making a mistake. You're you're taking on too much yourself. Just because something is a new concept to your child that they're struggling to get doesn't mean it's a heavy burden that you need to rescue them from. Let them struggle some. It's good for them. Let them work through it. Let them figure it out on their own. Think about how it makes you feel as an adult when you solve a problem at work by yourself. And when you can walk into your boss's office and say, hey, I got it. It took me three days and a lot of hard work, but I got it. Because that is exactly how your children will feel when they face those heavy burdens and they solve them themselves. If you're a fixer or a very nurturing parent, you're going to have a difficult time stepping back. I know. I watch you. It's a real temptation when your child is struggling with something not to step in and solve it for them. But you don't help them when you do. Now, the heavy burdens of life, we need to step in. But let's talk about the normal things of life. Go down to verse 5. He says, for each one shall bear his own load. Principle number two, every child must learn to take responsibility for their own life. And this is the most difficult part of helping a person. It's doing so without taking away from them their own personal responsibility. Paul says here, each person must bear their own load. The word here for load in verse 5 is a totally different word from the word burden in verse 2. This word load, it's just an everyday load. It's something that anybody could handle on their own. It's not like moving a piano. It's more like carrying a suitcase. Now think about the difference between a suitcase and a piano. Totally different thing. Is a suitcase made for two people to carry? No. As a matter of fact, when two people try to carry a suitcase, usually one of them just gets in the way. You know, every once in a while, you know, I vacation with my wife and I say, honey, let me carry your suitcase. Sometimes she'll let me. Sometimes I just get in the way even when I'm trying to be nice. Because why? Because suitcases are made to be carried by one person. And you know what? If you travel with me, like to Israel or something like that, guess what? I am not helping you carry your suitcase. Not unless you break a leg or something and have a heavy burden you're facing. Then I might step in. But I'm not helping you carry your suitcase. Why? Because suitcases are made to be carried by one person, the person who owns them. Now, God has given to each of us a suitcase of responsibility, okay? And some of your suitcases are large, and some of them are small. 
Some people can carry an enormous amount of responsibility. Other people can't carry quite so much. But guys, God has given to each one of us a suitcase that, that has things in it that we need to be carrying. At one point in my life, man, my suitcase was really big. I, I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm just going to tell you. There was a time in my life when I had a wife, had four teenage kids, had a full-time job helping pastor a growing church. I had a big old house mortgage. I had five cars in the driveway that regularly needed repairs. I had college tuition. I had yard work. I had coaching teams and supporting children activities. I had supporting my own church. I had paying my own bills. Guys, there was a time when my suitcase was incredibly full. Now, I'm not saying that to say that your suitcase, my suitcase is bigger than yours. Some of you are right there right now, and your suitcase is like overwhelming you. But you know what? It's your suitcase. And God expects you to carry it, just like God expected me to carry my suitcase. Now, parents, did you know that your child also has a suitcase? Your child has responsibilities that God expects them to carry on their own. An example of something that if you have a school-age child, maybe an elementary school-age child, that might be in their suitcase are things like homework, commitment to a team, chores around the house. If they're older, it might even include a part-time job that they're trying to navigate. But guess what? It is their load to carry. It's not your load. And you do them a disservice when you carry it for them. Your job as a parent, now listen closely, your job as a parent is to determine what goes into their suitcase and when it goes in there. As they grow up, it's your responsibility to make sure that their suitcase doesn't get too light and that it doesn't get too heavy for them. Today, I would say that most parents err on the side of making their child's suitcase too light. They do. For some reason today, we want to give our kids less responsibility than they really need to be carrying. Oftentimes, I see parents, to be honest with you, carrying the whole thing for them. And I see kids who, they're a lot like adults, they, they'll stand back and they'll say, well, if you're going to carry it for me, more power to you. I'll just watch. And we got a lot of kids watching their parents carry their responsibility for them. And boy, as a principal, i got to tell you, I see it happen a lot. And it's a mistake. When you carry your child's suitcase for them, you are teaching them two very bad things. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, you're teaching them or you're communicating to them that they must not be capable of handling that suitcase all by themselves. In other words, that there, there must be something wrong with them. They must not be able to handle the responsibility that they see other students handling. And trust me, they get that message. Or you're teaching them that that somebody will carry that suitcase for them if they don't. In other words, if they lay down their responsibility, that somebody will magically come along and take it up for them. And you know what? That's not true either. That In real life, that doesn't happen. And that's why these kids go off to college, and what happens? All of a sudden, there's nobody there to pick up their suitcase, and they flunk out, and they're back home in your basement. And that's not a good thing. See, guys, both of those lessons are bad lessons for a, a child to learn. We enable a, a child 
to, to think that they can get through life without carrying responsibility, and that simply doesn't happen. And they end up getting fired from job after job after job because they don't know how to carry responsibility. Let me give you a definition of parenting real quick. Parenting is the process of taking a child who is totally dependent upon you for everything and then 20 years later releasing them into the world totally independent of you. That's what parenting is all about right there in a nutshell. Now, how does this happen? Well, I'm going to give you an illustration of how I think it happens. It happens by you learning how to transfer things from your suitcase into your child's suitcase. Because, see, every child when they're born, they have a suitcase. This was my daughter's suitcase when she was going to grandma's when she was really young. Every child is born with an empty suitcase. Because can an infant do anything for themselves? You know, do you go to your six-week-old and say, hey, darling, now I want you to go fix dinner for yourself. You can't do that because they don't have anything in their suitcase. Their suitcase is totally empty. But you know what? As a parent, you immediately come along. And, of course, everything is in your suitcase when they're young. But you immediately come along and you begin to take things from your suitcase and you put it in their suitcase. Now, how does that process work? It works like this. First, we teach or model something for them. We teach or model some responsibility that we want them to take. In other words, we, we show them. We, we do it for them, and we model it. Second, we monitor them doing it. In other words, we start passing it off little by little, and we monitor them doing it. We do it with them. We share the responsibility. And then third, we transfer it to them. We hand it over but we don't forget about it just because, you know, just like at work, when you hand off responsibility to somebody, do you just turn your back and say, okay, I ain't got to worry about that anymore? No, that's not what you do. When you hand something over at work, you what? You come back every once in a while, how you doing? Are you doing it right? You check on their work. Well, when our kids are really young, what's one of the first things that we transfer to them? Potty training. Potty training. How many of you are still changing diapers? How exciting when you can hand that over and say, I'm not wiping your behind anymore. You are on your own. Now, you don't do that, you don't do that in a day, do you? You don't walk into your two-year-old and say, okay, buddy, put you on the potty. You're on your own now. No, that's not how it works, is it? It's a process where you work with them and you work with them and you slowly take it from your suitcase to their suitcase. But one day, guess what? You get to, I'm done, no more diapers. But then what else? Well, let's say as they get along about age two or so, maybe three, you begin to transfer what? Cleaning their toys up and putting them in a toy box. You walk into their room and say, okay, it's almost time for dinner. You need to put all those toys away. Now, up until that point, what have you done? Every time they've messed up, you've gone in and you've filled up their toy box and you've said, watch me, help me. And, and, but now that you reach a point where at some point you've got to put it into their suitcase and you've got to say, done with that. Now it's your responsibility. How many of you, don't raise your hand, but how many of you have a 12-year-old and you're still cleaning up their room? If that's the case, maybe a 6-year-old you're still cleaning up their room. You know what? It's still in your suitcase. You hadn't transferred it yet. You need to transfer it. Now, what about that 4-year-old who loves every night to come and sleep in mom and daddy's room? You know, still doing that? Well, you know what? As a child gets a little bigger, guess what happens? Their suitcase starts getting bigger, right? Because when they're two or three, 
they can't handle but so much. But as they get bigger, suddenly we can put more in their suitcase. You know, one of the very first things we have to do is we have to teach them to sleep in their room by themselves. Hey, you and Snoopy, snuggle up, but stay there. Quit coming in my room. If you got a child that keeps coming in your room, you know what you ought to do? This is what we did. Put a, sl- put a sleeping bag beside your bed and say, look, you can come in my room, but you can't get in my bed on the floor. You sleep on the floor. If you're scared, you come and sleep on the floor. Trust me, after a few nights on that hard floor, they'll stay in their bed. But if they're legitimately scared, you give them the option, yeah, you can come in here, but you're not getting in bed with me. Look, bed is for mom and dad. Bed ain't for the kids, all right? Keep them out. Just a little word of advice for you young parents. Now, when they get to be about eight years old or so, suddenly we have to transfer more responsibility to them. Homework. You know, if you have a kindergartner, most of the kindergartners cannot do their work all by themselves. A few little things they can do here and there. You're having to do a lot of it. But long about second, third grade, that process needs to start being transferred to their suitcase. Now, again, you don't walk in one day and say, okay, done helping you with homework. You're on your own now. That's not how the process works. Remember what we do. We model it for them. We do it with them. And then we transfer it to them. Long about second or third grade, that's where that process needs to take place. If you've got a high schooler that you're still sitting down with doing homework, or a middle schooler, maybe you haven't transferred quite as well as you should. You shouldn't be doing their work for them. Number one, by the time they get to middle school math, I could do the work for them. But, hey, you need to get it over there. Then when they get to be about 12 or so, and this is where, boy, a lot of parents, I think, drop the ball. Listen, your 12-year-old needs to know how to do laundry. You got a middle schooler and they don't know how that washing machine works, you, you, you need to start transferring some things here. Now, again, you don't hand them the, you don't just tell them when they go wash clothes, they're going to mess up everything. You go teach them how to do it. But slowly over time, by the time they're about 12 or 13 years old, guess what? They can do their own laundry, and your life is getting free, isn't it? You're just feeling free right now, aren't you? Yes, if I could only do that. And then, of course, how many of you have a middle school or high school, you're still making their lunch for them? No, 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 no. That need to be gone. Hey, listen, they can make a sandwich. They know how to do it. Trust me, it ain't that. They're not going to cut their fingers off spreading that mayonnaise on the sandwich. You need to. Tr- now, now, listen, is it okay if you're still making their lunch for them? You know, yeah, it's okay. But you know what you're doing? You're robbing them of learning that they can do it themselves. See, that's the point. That's what we miss. A lot of you moms, a lot of you moms just want to be involved. And you just want to be a part. And that's fine. But understand, you're robbing them of the opportunity to learn how to do things. i got to quickly close here. Let me throw you a couple of other things. Uh, long about this time, sports, if they forget their glove, oh, well, I, I say that, but you know how many pair of cleats I bought for my daughter when we were off traveling on some softball tournament somewhere? I'm embarrassed to say. Okay, we don't all do this perfect. I didn't, okay? Hey, let me give you a couple other quick ones, though. High schoolers, even middle schoolers, they should be able to get out of bed on their own. I meant to bring my watch with me because kids don't use alarm clocks anymore. They use, uh, they use phones now. Listen, if you're still waking up your high schooler, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if you're still waking up your high schoolers, Shame on you. Don't do it. Put it in their bag. But what if they miss the bus? Let them walk. Let them walk. It ain't going to kill them. 
It's two miles. I walk two miles every night on the treadmill. It ain't killed me yet. I'm 60 years old. Okay? And, and you know what? Long about the latter part of high school, they better know how to organize their own calendar. I put my iPad in here because kids don't use calendars anymore. They do everything on a tablet. And long about high school, they better start having a job. If they're not involved in sports or band or something, they better go to work. You're doing them an injustice if you don't put them to work by about the time they're 16. I'm telling you, you're doing them an injustice. Unless they're so involved in school that they don't have time, I'm okay with that. But they need to be doing something after school. If they're coming home after school, spending six or eight hours, you're doing them an injustice. Of course, the biggest, scariest thing, driver's license. I'm amazed nowadays at how many kids are afraid to get a driver's license. You know why they're afraid to get a driver's license? Because, because they haven't learned to be responsible for their lunchbox. And they're looking at that car thinking, I can't even fix my lunch. How can I drive a car? That's why. The day I turned 16, I was getting my driver's license. Kids nowadays, we got to talk them in to get a driver's license. And, and I'll tell you why. It's because they don't think they can do it. And, and we need to ask ourselves the question, why don't they think they can do it? Because we're communicating the wrong message. Other things, checkbook, things like that, i got to quit. I'm going to close with this thought for you. Put up my final uh, slide there. Put up my final slide. There you go. Most children are capable of carrying far more responsibility than, than we think they can, but they won't carry it unless you expect them to. They're just like us. Why do for yourself what someone else will do for you? Parents, I promise you, your kids can handle far more than you think they can. But you've got to let them have it. And you've got to show them that you believe in them and that you believe they can handle it. Father. Thank you for listening to Get Fed Today. Today's sermon comes from Pastor James Chapman. If you enjoy the message, you can access more of Pastor James' teaching ministry by visiting calvarycsm.org.